G'day everyone, Lauren Cresser, Business Scientist here. Happy Friday. Hope you're geared up to have an awesome weekend. Uh, I do want to say, however, because I know that people in the UK and in the US listen to this show, um, I just wanted to say that really feeling for you guys, I know that the UK is in lockdown. I've got family and friends in the UK. I know you guys are back in lockdown. I know over in the States, it looks like you might go back into lockdown. And also I know that whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, this is a really tricky time at the moment. I've been following what's going on with the election and the sort of threat to democracy stuff that's happening. Uh, so, you know, regardless of who you voted for and regardless of what what the outcome is, I imagine that it is a really, really stressful time for you right now. Wanted to know that my thoughts are with you. I have family and friends also in the States as well. So, um, but not just for the people who I know, for everyone. So um, stay safe guys. And um, I guess like for me, I'm not providing commentary on things like the election and and COVID um, because I think that there's enough stuff out there. I don't see it as my role. When we first went into to lockdown back in, in March and April, I did do some shows that focused on COVID. Now it's kind of like the new normal. So the way I'm talking about it is like how can I help you with like what you're doing specifically online to grow your brand and grow your business? Um, but, you know, for people in Australia, we're fortunate enough to also be out and about with our businesses as well. Um so I kind of see my role as like supporting businesses because that's what's needed right now. Uh, I don't like to go into politics on this show. Um, so there's there, this is going to be like an escape, a business escape <laughs> from all of that stuff that you're seeing online. Uh, just before we get on to the main part of the show today, I did do a screen share in this video and I kind of go along the whole time and I'm like, go to this link. If you're listening to this podcast, like, you know, you can follow along. So the main thing that I go through is my new homepage on my website and the new tool I've made available uh, via that homepage. It's sort of like the stuff I do when I start with clients from a strategic perspective. I'm teaching you how to DIY your own content audit and but first you kind of need to understand well why am I doing a content audit because there's a bit of effort that goes into that so we're going to talk about that um, but follow along just go to laurencrest.com by the time this podcast is out that will be live the tool will be available for you to download um, so go check that out and the other thing I reference is a white paper uh, really really awesome if you want to get really nerdy about marketing and what works in marketing and how to grow your brand and how you grow your business. I'm talking about the paper that Les Bennett and Peter Fields published, not the long and short of it, which I spoke about with my best friend, Kat Zaharias, earlier on uh, in season three. Uh, in season three, we, we did a, a, a podcast about that. This is the next paper they release. So the paper is called Media in Focus and you'll be able to access that uh, in the show description as well and follow along with some of the things I'm referencing there too. Final, final thing, if you find this episode useful, if you think that someone else might find it useful, please consider sharing it. Please consider leaving a positive rating or even potentially a review. If you want to review the show, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand. And even if you're not an Apple podcast listener, there's other ways that you can rate and review the show from 
there. That would be fabulous. And for those of you who are regular listeners who enjoy the show, who get a lot out of this, and you're kind of like, you know what, I'm not going to need to work with Lauren one-on-one. This podcast is enough. This is awesome. And this is saving me a stack of money. And this is making me money. Please consider paying me for the work I'm doing to put this together. There's 12 episodes a month, so it is quite a lot of work. I have to put money into making this show possible and I'm happy to do it. I love it and I'm so excited that I get to share this stuff with people around the world. brings me so much joy. But if you can afford it, please consider a few bucks, three bucks, four bucks, head over to ko-fi.com. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress and you can buy me a cup of coffee. I am asking people, if you can, please consider doing it as a once a month thing. You have the option to buy me a cup of coffee once a month and it means a world to me. You will also get a shout out on the show. All right, without further ado, uh, let's get on to the main part of the episode. There might be a little ad break here and I'll be back in a tick. I'm always excited. I think I start every episode saying, I'm so excited about this episode today, which is genuinely true. I get excited really easily. But I'm excited about this episode today because I've just been sort of working through some of my own understanding of some things. I've been taking clients through some new sort of, um, what's the word, not offers, but like systems that I've put together and then I've just been redoing the homepage of my website to do that I was doing a bunch of research and I was thinking about how to best explain this sort of concept of like why brand building matters because it's something that no matter how much science we have to like back up why brand building matters which we will talk about today there's this resistance right because it's like with sales people are really really clear on like what sales does. Sales brings in money for my business. If I do something today to get a lead, then I can see how that can convert into like a customer and then I can see how that can convert into money. So it's a no-brainer. But when it comes to brand, it's harder to think about. So I want to start off by talking about the analogy that's always used in sort of like pretty much any every salesperson will say this, right? It's um, been one of the ads that's on YouTube quite a lot. I use YouTube ads as sort of an inspiration for things. I'm not going to say it the way this guy says it. It's very, very aggressive, but it's sort of a version of the same thing, which is essentially like you wouldn't walk up, walk up to a stranger and ask them to sleep with you, right? Or you wouldn't, uh, you know, drop down on one knee and propose to someone. And I was thinking about that. And it's like, you know, because when people hear like, yeah, 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 that doesn't make sense. I've got to build a relationship or I would need a sales process, right? Which is true. You do need a sales process. And brand building activities enhance sales activities and vice versa. So it's not like it should be one or the other. You need both. Again, we'll talk about that more in in a minute. But what I was thinking about when I thought about that um, that analogy is I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Like you, w- you wouldn't do that. Um, But in some circumstances, you can imagine it would be more appropriate or it would make more sense. Not so much as in like walk up to a stranger and be like, will you sleep with me? More like walk up to someone who is a stranger and ask them out on a date if you have mutual friends. 
So what I mean is, for instance, I'm going to pretend I'm single now, right? I go out to a bar with my best friend and my best friend goes, hey, Lauren, you need to meet this guy, Gus. Like, he's amazing. You would love him. You guys get on like a house on fire. He's awesome. And then I'm like, okay. So anyway, so she introduced me to this guy, Gus, at at the pub who I've never met before. And we get chatting and I already kind of like him straight away because I'm like, well, my friend said I would like him. So I've already got like a positive impression. Unless he does something to really like stuff that up, then the chances are is having a relationship with that person is going to be shortened, right? It's not going to be like meeting someone who's a stranger, building a relationship over time and eventually going out on a date after like chatting on text for, for a bunch of time, right? It might be like, the next thing is we go out on a date like tomorrow or like this week because I'm like, because my best friend just said you would like this guy, right? So that's one thing like that's, and that's word of mouth referral, right? That's the sort of analogy I'm draw, drawing. I don't think there's, that's a long bow uh, draw there. Like that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, if someone I trust, if my accountant tells me I need to go see this marketing strategist, then yeah, I'm more likely to go and see that marketing strategist, right? Think about how many times that's happened. Yeah, okay, if someone in my network tells me this, that makes sense. Now, networking is a brand building activity. People, you're building your reputation. People get to know you. But that's not, the, that's not the only way that you can do this. And it's not the only way. I want to have a bit of fun with this analogy, which is why I want to bang on about it for a bit. So here's another one. All right, now let's say... Someone who's a celebrity walks into the bar and walks up to you, right? Think of someone who you're like, man, I'm a massive fan of this person, right? They walk into the bar, they walk up to you and they're like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Like, okay, Leonardo DiCaprio walks up to you, can I buy you a drink? If you're you're single. (laughs) What do you do, right? Am I showing my age by referencing Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't know. Oh, man, like Titanic, geez. Anyway, um, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you can buy me a drink. And, yeah, I, I probably would go home with you, right? Like that's what a lot of people would be thinking. Yeah, if it's a celebrity, like I'd be so excited that this celebrity asked me out, right? So, or if it turns into a date, whatever, you know, like I don't want to get too into dating politics here, but like you can see, right, okay, if I'm a fan, like that person has an in, right? If someone tells me I like them, they have an in. So that's what brand building is about and it's not talked about, right, like that. So I just kind of thought that was a fun way to talk about it. There was another thing I thought of that was kind of like you could even um, – go further with the analogy but I can't think of it at the moment so oh yes I know so the other one is is like think about if like you met someone and they started helping you out with something so let's say like your car breaks down your car breaks down you're on the side of the road this person comes up to you who you're like you know if you got to know them, they you'll be attracted to them. So obviously, it needs to be like an attraction there. They come up to you. They go, "Do you want to? Do you want a hand with your with your car? Like, are you okay? Do you need help? Can I help you change a tire? Right? That person's being helpful. 
they're helping you out in a situation where you're like, I'm actually pretty stressed out. I don't know how to do this. And you've just helped me. So yeah, I'm happy to go have a coffee with you. Right. That person goes, I'm not trying to give dating tips. I'm just trying to (laughs) drive around looking for people who've had cars broken down. But when we solve a problem for someone, it's like, oh, okay, I I feel familiar with you. Right. Like I I know who you are now. And like, yeah, I'm going to have a chat with you. It might not work out. We might not be right for each other, but you've got an in. That's what brand building is about. That's a big part of what brand building is about. It's helping you get that in. It's also helping you to shorten your sales cycle in the same way it's sort of shorting that like dating to relationship to marriage cycle, right? It's like, oh, now all of a sudden we can do this part a lot faster. You can have a relationship a lot faster. You can become a customer a lot faster. That's what brand building is about. So that's why brand building is sort of important. But just to kind of, in case it's still not clear, <laughs> just to illustrate with like, I'm on, I'm the main sort of audience here that watch this are on LinkedIn, right? If you're listening on the podcast, um, you probably are a LinkedIn user as well, just because I know that's, that's largely where my audience is. So, all right, think about LinkedIn. Someone connects with you on LinkedIn and they say, hey, like, love your profile, looks really great, would love to connect with you and learn more about what you do, think there could be some synergies. And you go and look at that person's profile, they've got tens or hundreds of mutual connections with you. You're like, oh, they know this person, this person, this person. They work at a recognized brand that you know and trust like Google or KPMG or something like that, right? And they're friendly in the way that they've approached you. And you can see they've been putting out all this content that's like, oh, I'd love to follow that. Like, that looks really great. Are you going to connect with that person? Yeah, probably, right? If so, if you get to someone's page, someone reaches out to you, even if they say exactly the same thing, they, you reach, they reach out to you, you go to their profile page, they've got hardly any followers. They haven't got any mutual connections. They don't come from a brand you recognize. They don't post content. From a brand building perspective, they're not really doing anything on LinkedIn. Are you going to connect with that person? Well, like, what are you going to get out of that relationship, right? Maybe they could be a good customer if you sell something that helps them with with, uh, their LinkedIn profile or something. But in terms of, like, you becoming a customer, that's very unlikely, right? So that all of that effort that we put into, like, the content, the messaging, the imagery, looking professional, all of that stuff matters, right? And when, I, when I'm saying it with an example, it makes sense. But now I want to actually get into maths a little bit. So to do that, I'm going to start off by sharing. This isn't quite live yet. If you're on the podcast, I'll put the link um, once it is live. It'll be later today. It's my new homepage. Uh, I think I use, no, that one will make it small, this one. Um, so I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show you some maths I was doing around this. So this is the back end of my website for my, <laughs> the thing I haven't actually, um, put up yet. Okay. So, sorry, I'm going to be on this other screen so I can't see if anyone's commenting. So I'm putting this homepage, new homepage together. And essentially what I decided, right, was I was like, I'm going to try out just doing 
a really simple thing on my homepage and answering a question that I know is important for my, my market. So the question I'm answering on my homepage is how to do a content audit and why it matters, right? And this relates directly to brand building, what we're talking about. So what I've kind of done, and again, you'll be able to follow this um, uh, through, uh, follow through with me on this <laughs> if you're listening back on the podcast. But I kind of basically, before I get to like the step-by-step content audit guide, I actually go through a little bit of background, you know, theory and explain why brand building matters. So I use that example of LinkedIn that I just talked through. And then I'm like, okay, so what does it actually mean for your return on investment? So I wanted to actually like illustrate this with maths because it's like people go, yeah, cool, but like how how much money do I make? So I was like using the science, using the evidence, using the insights, which I'm also going to share some resources you can go and check out for yourself, um, which I'll put in the comments here and I'll put in the in the show notes. Um, I want to show you how brand building affects your growth over time and why it becomes after six months, it becomes the main driving force for growth. That's been shown time and time again. Brand building is what drives growth in the long term with sales. It has to be done together, but brand building is actually the super, super important part that a lot of people are neglecting, right? A lot of people know sales matters. A lot of people aren't doing the brand building stuff, especially in the entrepreneurship and small business space, which is largely my audience. So I was like, all right, just hypothetical example. Let's say your customer lifetime value after the first sale that you make. So when you've got a new new business um, opportunity, as in someone who's never worked with you before, and they come on board, you know that on average you're going to make about $10,000 from that customer over their lifetime value, so however long they work with you. Just as an example, just pick 10,000 because it's an easy number to work with. And let's say you have a 25% close rate on your sales leads, right, which is like, that's good. That's pretty good. Some people have even higher. Some people have less. Again, it's just a number to play around with. And what I've also put in here is the length of time it takes for you to convert that customer. So I'm like, let's say for each new lead that you bring in, it takes you two weeks. And then once you have them as a lead, it takes another two weeks to close them, to actually get them to sign on, on average. And then I've said, okay, so let's say Let's work with 48 weeks in the year because in Australia we have four weeks of holidays. So in 48 work weeks in the year, you would have 24 leads per year and 25% of those 24 is six sales. And if each sale is worth $10,000, then that's $60,000 worth of business for the lifetime of that customer. It might not mean that the revenue that year is $60,000. It's just for those customers, it's worth $60,000, right? Again, just playing around with numbers. Okay. So now I want to talk about brand building in relation to this. Let's say, and again, I'll explain the evidence behind why I'm saying this in a minute. Let's say that with brand building activities, you now have a customer that's a lot warmer on your call, right? They're a fan. Remember I was using that fan analogy before. So they're excited to work with you. They're warm. They're ready. They're like, yeah, okay, where do I sign? How much does it cost? Can I do it? Let's go, right? And let's also say that alongside the sales activities, now that brand building activity is also bringing some inbound leads, some inbound marketing qualified leads. So your sales will bring in sales qualified leads that 
you're doing through your relationship building. But marketing qualified leads now start to appear because you're doing brand building. So let's be conservative. Let's just say you get one additional lead per month of people who come to you through those activities. And let's say, and this is probably a little bit more ambitious, but let's say that those brand building activities mean that instead of having that four-week sales cycle, you now have a two-week sales cycle. Okay, so now we have a new sale um, sales lead every week and one week to close, right? So we're going to keep this close rate the same. We're not increasing the close rate. We're not optimizing sales. We're just doing sales as is. And we look at the same 48-week period. What that means is we have 48 sales qualified leads per year because, remember, we've just halved the number of leads we get. And we have 12 additional marketing qualified leads, one per month, which is 62 leads per year. So instead of having 24 leads per year, we've now got 62 leads per year. And when I say leads, I mean qualified leads. So I mean like prospects essentially. So 25% of 62, the numbers don't exactly work out here, but it's about 15 to 16 sales. You get 15 to 16 sales in. Now we're talking 150,000 to 160,000 worth of business for the lifetime of that customer. Again, remembering I'm not necessarily talking about uh, revenue in the year, I'm talking about customer lifetime value. So that's an increase of 150 to 170%. So <laughs> I'm just reading kind of through this because this is going to be a podcast as well. But essentially, I just made those numbers up, right? So you could be like, Lauren, you just made those numbers out. They sound really good. Like, but like you're just pulling numbers out of nowhere. Well, I kind of did and I kind of didn't, right? Because what's going on is what uh, Byron Sharp talks about, what Les Burnett and Peter Field talk about over and over again. There's a ton of evidence to support what I'm saying here. And I am putting in some numbers, but that's just to illustrate the the the, the concept or the it's not even a theory. It's kind of like a law of marketing, which is that brand building will become the primary driver of growth. That's what's been shown time and time again. So you can go back and you can play around with the numbers a bit here, right? You can look at, okay, well, what if it wasn't one additional lead per month? What if it was one additional lead every quarter? What if I couldn't halve the sales cycle, but what if I you know, cut it down by a third? Or what about if over the whole sales cycle I cut down by a week? You can look at those numbers and that's actually going to help you start to think about like what targets should I have? Are those targets realistic? It's going to be different for different industries. This is where the experimentation comes in. But I wanted to use the numbers to start to illustrate, oh, yeah, I can see I'm more than doubling my money by doing the same sales activities but starting to do brand building activities as an example. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing that was mainly for my benefit, just so I could remember what I was saying. Now, if you want to understand a little bit more about this, oh, actually, I do need to share my screen again. Um, just to illustrate if you're watching on video, but if you are listening again, this will be on the homepage. This is more now about like, okay, how does that, what does that actually mean for your customer journey, right? Because it's like, cool, okay, brand building activities matter, but what does that actually mean we need to do? 
what how does that relate to the customer journey how does that relate to targets how does that relate to business goals so that's the second part of what i put together and um walk you through uh, sorry just working out how to share my screen again okay this this is a little bit more fun to share because it's actually pretty okay so <laughs> this is how i lay things out for my clients and you know, I kind of think it's important that everyone understands it's really, really basic, um, but also really kind of like makes things concrete. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do in this video. Just make some of this brand building stuff, quote unquote, like actually a bit clearer to understand. So we're all familiar with the funnel. We've talked about the funnel a bunch of times on this show, but I kind of also like to think about the funnel in relation to customer mindset. So that's what I've done in this sort of graph here. Is it a graph illustration? I don't know. Anyway, we have customer understanding so or customer mindset. At first, that complete stranger, you know, the person you're not want not going to walk up to and be like, will you sleep with me? So that, that person is at the like, I don't know who you are or I don't know who the hell you are, right? Like some people get that kind of like, hang on, you're trying to sell me something. I don't know who the hell you are. What are you trying to do, right? And you're creating a bad first impression. What a lot of people are doing, and this is where like the spamming comes in, is a lot of people going, you don't know who I am, so let me tell you. I'm just going to walk up to you and be like, hey, this is who I am. I'm like, well, I don't care. I don't care who you are. So our goal here is to be known and familiar. Now, we can be known and familiar through our network like we were talking about before, but the other activity we can undertake is solve problems our market cares about. So from a digital marketing perspective and from a content marketing perspective, that's what we're thinking about. How do I solve problems that my market actually cares about? They're act actually actively seeking out. We're going to be the person who drives by the person, the other person who has the car broken. And we're like, hey, do you need a hand with that? Right? That's what we're doing. You need a hand with that because I've been there. This is what you need to do. Uh, I've also put some like things around here in terms of like how to assess that. So the search analytics, your social analytics, your site analytics, that's going to tell you, are you solving problems your market cares about? Sort of. It's not going to completely tell you, but it's going to give you some ideas. Like, can I get traffic to my website, right? What you wouldn't be able to tell is like, oh, okay, does that person actually need my service? But you can tell, is this getting, is this solving a problem for people who I think would need that problem solved because that's what my market's going through, right? Second thing is, okay, now that person knows who you are, but they're like, okay, I, I kind of understand a little bit about you and what you do. I've kind of seen you a bit around on the internet before. We've talked about eight different touch points. They've probably seen you not even realizing a few times on LinkedIn and then they've started following your content, right? So, but this person doesn't need your help right now, right? But they could need your help. In the future. So they're not like, I'm never going to be the person who looks for this solution, but it just might be like they're looking for it in two years' time, right? So that person's kind of at this, like, I think you can help me if and when this happens, right? Like, think about, like, you know, about different car brands, even if you're not looking for a car right now, you kind of might have an idea of, like, this is the brand I would buy if I was looking for a new car, right? It's kind of like that kind of thing. So what our goal is there, our goal isn't to sell. Our goal isn't to like convince them they need us now. Our goal is simply to be recalled in a relevant situation. 
We just want them to go. So for me, I'm like, when someone needs to grow their brand, whenever they're ready, whenever they're looking to invest in that, I want them to remember me and they can find me, whether they remember my name and look up Lauren Cress, whether they look up my podcast show, whether they look up a piece of content that they remember I created, whether they look up my YouTube channel, Twitter, whatever it is, they have a way of coming back to me like, that's right, that's the person who said that. Okay, I can get in touch with her now. So what we're doing here is we're creating brand asset breadcrumbs. We're creating a way for them to come back and find us, you know, like Hansel and Gretel, like a, a way to come back home, right? A way to come to, to us and, and engage us. Um, with this, again, a little bit tricky to assess, and that's why brand building activities can get neglected. But there are some things you can do. So you could look at like, how much is my name getting searched on Google? Like, so for me, my name gets searched way more than it was a year ago. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Yes, there are other Lauren Cresses, but I'm on the first two pages of Google pretty much exclusively. So the chances are is they're looking for me because otherwise I wouldn't rank. They'd be looking for something else and someone else would be ranking. Um, we can ask new customers as well. Like, how did you find out about us? How did you, what made you come to chat with me today? You know, I've had that conversation with people before. I'm like, oh, I started listening to your podcast like a year ago, you know, or like, oh, I saw your video that you did a while back. And then I was checking out your LinkedIn profile and I just thought like, it'd be great to reach out. So like ask people, ask people how they, why they're reaching out, where they came from to get there. Then you have customers who are like, I think you can actually help me now. Like I need help right now and I think you could help me now. But in that moment, especially online, if it's not super clear for how that person can act now, you can lose them like that. You can lose them so easily. So it has to be super, super quick and easy for them to take a next step action. So if your only action is pick up the phone and call me, that's not great. That's a good one, but it's not the only thing you want on there because some people might be like, I don't want to call you. I just want to like send you a text. Or um, some people, if you have the other thing where it's like too hard to get in contact with you, like there's no option to book a call and your only option is like send us an email, then people might be like, oh, like they're going to take ages to get back from me. I need help with this right now. I'm going to go and look at a competitor site because now I know I need help with this. I can just, I can go find another 200 people who are doing the same thing. So we want to make it super easy to navigate that transition from our marketing materials to the sales journey for them to come on board our sales process. So looking at things like how many people are signing up to our lead magnets? How many people are engaging or replying or opening to our newsletter? Who are the people that are opening our newsletter over and over again? Can I make it super easy for them? Because I think they want to act now, but they haven't taken the action. It could be like attending a webinar or attending a discovery session, right? Like how often is that happening? Where did they come from? How well are you doing there? And then the final thing is like, and this is where we get more into the sales activation stuff, right? Is like, okay, I want to purchase now. So there we need to make it super easy to buy. And part of that is having that streamlined sales process. But again, brand activities, content marketing activities, they can help with that. They can help support that process. Like making sure that like the sales kit looks and feels like the brand, 
right? Making sure that there's something for them to take home. So if they've got other people in their business that they need to show or their partner needs to have a look at what you're selling for them to make a decision, then you want to have a brand asset that they can take back, which goes back to that like brand asset breadcrumb piece, right? Okay. So we look at sales cycle length there. We look at conversion rates. For all of these things, the important key thing to understand is that like the business goal is going to change depending on the customer understanding because most people are just looking at these bottom part of the conversion funnel stuff where they're going, oh, okay, like when people are ready to purchase, I'm going to make sure that like I like I'm like uh, hounding them down. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, you know what I mean, (laughs) hounding them for like, okay, you got to purchase, right? That's the sales stuff. But like this, I don't know who you are. Think about how many people are in the world right now that need your help, that just have no idea that you exist. How do you get them to know that you exist? By solving the problems they care about. That's the easiest way. From a digital marketing perspective, that's the easiest way. Networking can help, word of mouth can help, all of those things are great, but you need to constantly be getting out in market and letting people know that you exist and demonstrating through that content that you're relevant to them. Okay. Oh, sorry, Jeremy, I just saw your um, post and uh, Raymond as well. So, Jeremy, you said, good evening, good morning again. <laughs> Love the subject matter tonight. Thank you. Um, Raymond, you said um, we're getting an echo. Um, there's an echo. Oh, Jeremy, is there an echo? Um, you're saying I'm not getting an echo. So, Raymond, I think it might be on your end. Um, Jeremy, you said you're not getting an echo. I did have a listen to this beforehand. Um, I've got echo cancellation on. Hmm. Not sure what's going on there, Raymond. Um, and Jeremy, you said, yes, the proof is in the pudding. It is. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, thanks for confirming you're not getting um, an echo. Um, okay, so what else? If, I, if this for some reason isn't, uh, is echoing, then I will, um, I'll do another record of this to make sure that everyone can access it. Okay, so final, final thing that I want to talk about was, um, oh, the content audit piece. Okay. So, cause we're nearly, nearly at the 30 minute mark. So, um, am I still sharing my screen? No. So what I've gone and put together, cause I was, I was like, once we understand that, once we understand, okay, this is how the business goals connect with the content, then we can start to look at, what am I actually doing for each of these things, right? Because what I see a lot of people do is they just like dump their content down. I mean, like I go through this process with people. This is the first step I take people through usually when they come on board as a client, unless they don't have any content yet, right? So we'll kind of go through a bit of a brand asset content audit. And as we're doing that, what I find is that the easiest thing for me to say to clients is kind of like, look, just dump everything on me and I'll go figure it out. But I was like, for people who can't like necessarily like 
you know, they want to DIY this. I was like, I need to make this like super clear about how it relates back to business goals. Cause that's what I do in my head, right? People dump it on me. And then I like go through and do this in my head. So I was like, I'm just going to create a tool to help people do this themselves. Um, thanks, Jeremy. Jeremy, you just said I wasn't getting an echo <laughs> for people listening. <laughs> um, okay. So going to share my screen one more time. Oh, and then I do want to quickly show you this, this awesome white paper you need to check out if you want to geek out a little bit more. Okay, so the content audit I kind of put together, actually probably better that I share a different screen with you. And, again, for people on um, the podcast later, you'll have the links to access this so you can follow along as well. So I use Airtable to kind of keep things organized. It's like, I love it. I use the free version and it's awesome. I am not like affiliated with them in any way. I just think it's a really, really good tool. So this is how I kind of lay out my content audit. I take that sort of like, we've just been talking about customer understanding. So I don't know who you are as an example, right? We look at the goal category. So the goal category of like to be known and familiar. And then I start to list out only the content that relates specifically to that goal. So what existing content do I have that relates to being known and familiar in each of these areas, right? Um, In each of these areas, (laughs) page piece of content. So um, for instance, I just put some examples of content that I have, like the drama triangle video um, on YouTube, that was an example of something that like just gets heaps of reach for me. Right. So in terms of content performance, then I look at like, that's one of my top ever performing pieces of content. So in the top 5%, I categorize it as like the top. Then I've got content that's like above average, right? So it's sort of in the top 25 to 5%. So an example is like, I've got a podcast episode on seven rules for brand growth, which people love. Um, then I've got like uh, another piece of content that's sort of done like average-ish on YouTube, uh, how to get LinkedIn live streaming on YouTube. So, um, you know, that's that's average, et cetera, et cetera. But the other thing that I've also suggested is having like, because as you go through the content audit process, you're going to start realizing there's stuff that you're missing, right? There's stuff that you go, oh, I'm completely missing that. So, um, for instance, what I realized as I was going through the content audit was that I didn't have a video on a starting place for strategy, right? So, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of doing in this live stream. I'm going to do a shorter version that just goes through the content audit. I've got the blog posts as well. So you start to see the gaps and you go, oh, this is what I need. So you just want to capture all those ideas as you're going through the content audit, right? You do that for each level of understanding and you rate rate the content in relation to if it's top, above average, all that kind of stuff with those analytics I was showing you before. To, To really nut out though what's going on in each piece of content and and why we think things could be happening, I also recommend doing a SWOT analysis. So I've just put a column in here for each, you know, each part of the SWOT. So SWOT, for people who don't know, is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So you look at each piece of content and you go, what are the strengths in that piece of content? You look at the weaknesses, what are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? And you write it all down for each piece of content. 
And then what you do is you go, what are the actions from here? So the action for your top performing content might be make more videos like this, right? Or you might be like, this is my top performing content. I might advertise this because this is the, this is so relevant to what I do and it's pretty viral. So if I put a bit of money behind this, it's like going to be awesome, right? Actually, I should add, and I might do this in the final tool version, how viral something is, but also how relevant it is. Because sometimes like for me, the drama triangle isn't super directly related to what I do. So it's got high virality, but low relevance. And ideally you want it to have high virality and high relevance. That's like the ultimate, that's what you're going for with content, right? Um, And then again, go through each one of these, look at the customer understanding level, and then look at those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So final, final thing I want to show you today. Jeremy, you said, can you send me that chart after? I can. Do you have Airtable, by the way? Because I can share the Airtable version with you, which is a bit more easy to use than the Excel spreadsheet. So just let me know. And Jeremy, you also said, including um, as much of the process as possible is a great way to build trust with a client. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think like um, for me, it's sort of like there's, there's clients who kind of are just like, I don't want to have to think about this. Can you just go and do this? And I'm like, yep, that's cool. And then there's other clients who are like, I really want to be here and learn with you. And like, I like to collaborate. So that's my kind of preference. But if people are just like, look, can you just take this and run with it? I'm like, yeah, that's cool too. That's fine. Um, All right. Final, final thing. And I'll put, um, oh, Raymond, you said it's fixed. Maybe it was me. Okay. Then you said, no, it wasn't fixed. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what's happened there. Um, Okay, so final, final thing (laughs) is this media in focus uh, article. Jeremy, I reckon you would love this. So I mentioned Les Bennett and um, Peter Field before. Um, And this is this awesome white paper. Um, So I'll link to this. Um, basically it explains the validity of those numbers that I shared with you before. So there's, I'm just kind of skimming through this, but um, and I'll make sure for podcast listeners, this is also available, but they kind of talk through like, um, so they had done this paper in 2013, long versus short-term effects. And they talk about like brand building and sales activation, right? And the role of each one. So they're like brand building creates mental brand equity right? Or mental availability. So you know how I said, like, we want to be known and familiar. That's what brand build. Sales, the sales role isn't to do that. The sales role is like, once you know who I am, then we can sell, right? So that exploits mental brand equity. Brand building influences future sales. So like I was saying before, okay, when you actually have, um, oh, I might need this in future. That's what we're talking about, right? But sales is about like, who can we sell to today? Brand building has broad reach, sales activation, tightly targeted. I'm not going to go out to like every single person on LinkedIn and tell them about me. I might be like, these five people today are the people who I think are most likely to, if we build a relationship together, we're going to both benefit from this, right? Brand building, long-term, sales activation, short-term. 
Brand building is emotional priming. So again, remember I was talking, going back to the dating example, emotional priming is like, I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan. I already love your work. I already love what you do. Of course, you can come and talk to me. Um, Where sales activation, again, that's like, so that's persuasive messaging. That's like, all right, um, this is what I need to say to this person to hook them in and get their attention and make them go, yeah, I want to jump on the phone with you. They have different roles. Both are important. Both work better together. So I'll put that in here as well. It's basically all the science behind what we're talking about. I just want to show you one more little graph that will, ah, this one actually. Um, So brand building and sales activation work different over different timescales. And that's what I was kind of showing with those numbers. But you can see here, it's kind of like saying this over time, for people listening, it's, it's a graph that shows that brand building over time is the biggest growth driver, but sales is more regular. So sales will kind of just be there and always be bringing in a certain amount of growth. So it's like your lifeblood. It's the thing that's going to be keeping cash in the door now, but brand building is going to be the thing that brings cash in the door in a mega way. So if you want to scale, you, this is a non-negotiable activity. All righty, that's it from me for today. If there's no questions, Jeremy, you said super cool stuff. Um, no Airtable, but Excel is good. I'll migrate to Google Sheets. Oh, maybe I should do a Google Sheets one. That's a good idea. I'll do a Google Sheets one as well because I'm going to share these as lead magnets essentially on my homepage. So for people who want this, um, I'll put a comment on the video once it's up and on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, <laughs> on the podcast. I'll also make sure I link through to that. I'm slightly um, slightly paranoid that this whole audio has been causing an echo. So um, I'm like kind of slightly distracted. It's taking up some of my cognitive load to go, I hope this isn't, um, the echo isn't affecting people. But um, Jeremy, I'm glad. Thank you for reassuring me. Um, Raymond and Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me on the live stream. For those of you who've been watching but didn't comment, hello and thank you for watching as well. Uh, I'll be back on Monday for another Monday motivation episode. We're going to be talking more about optimizing the customer experience as part of growing your brand. So that's about really getting that word of mouth referral, increasing customer lifetime value, all that good stuff. And Jeremy, you said it's been good the whole time I've been watching. All right. Peter, you said, thank you, Lauren. Great value as always. There was no echo for me, but the images were blurry for me. Okay. All right. Good to know. Thank you, Peter. I think that can sometimes happen with the live streaming. So I'm sorry about that, but the homepage will be live this afternoon. I promise it will be. Uh, So I'll make sure I put a link there as well. If you want the template tool like Jeremy, pop a comment below. I'll send it to you personally so you don't have to go through the download process. Um, But otherwise, I'll put the link there if you want to just grab that as well. Peter, nice to see you again as well. Have a lovely weekend, guys. And um, until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. All right, guys, so that's it from me for today. Have a lovely weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Go listen to and watch the things that are going to bring you joy. Don't just fill your head with all the media crap. Go find stuff. I mean, you guys are listening to a podcast, so obviously you like to explore the unconventional, but do that, right? Like 
highly recommend checking out if you want just complete escapism, go check out the Blind Boy podcast. Awesome, awesome podcast. Not affiliated with him in any way, but he is a massive inspiration to me and what I do on this show. I'll be back on Monday for another Monday motivation episode. I'll see you then.